Well, praise the Lord. Happy Independence Day. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm glad that you got the memo of, of one service. We knew a lot of people would maybe visiting churches with family, have family in town, be tired from the festivities, maybe travel. So we thought, well, let's do one service. And plus, our workers out there have the fireworks now, and they can kill me. It was awesome. It was Turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 8. Fourth Gospel in the New Testament should be right there on page 938 in my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, or in your Bible. <laughs> 1589. 1689. What? You guys got like a long commentary on the Bible. I got, I got one of those at home, but I don't carry the preaching because of that. But before we read that portion of scripture, I want to I read to you from Galatians. Chapter 1, or excuse me, chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to read it to you out of the NIV. If you have it, feel free to turn there, but if you don't, just keep your finger in John chapter 8, okay? The Word of God says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, men, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Let me pray before we go into it. Father, I thank you for your word. Again, I thank you for the country that we live in and, and what we just observed and celebrated last evening with friends and family and what we're going to talk about again this morning. I pray that you would just pull your spirit into my mouth <laughs> that I can speak clearly and elegantly the words that you've given me. I pray that we would all just leave this place today a little freer than we came in. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the title of the sermon today is Freebie. Couldn't come up with anything better than that. Uh, it's appropriate. I even wore the tie to represent it, okay? I know. I'm not tucked in or buttoned up. But come on, give me a break. It's 100 degrees out there. I mean, last week I was in shorts, right? In a t shirt, so it was a big, extreme jump for me. But, you know, it's 4th of July weekend. Duh. Right? <laughs> Anybody sleep last night? Boom, boom, boom. My neighbors put on a better show than the script. Okay? <laughs> it, it lasted longer, I'll tell you that. I was watching the news last night. Oh, yeah, this boy at the Cedars Palace for 15 minutes long. I said, My neighbors were going for like two hours. Yeah. Oh. But I'm like, man, I don't know who's got all the money over there, but I'm going to hit them up for a donation for a great white fellowship. <laughs> weekend. 
I think it's basically a friends gathering, firework popping, barbecue eating frenzy. Right? Where we really get, where we really get into the fact that we live in the free country. And we celebrate July 4th, 1776. That is the birth year and the birthday of America. It's the day the representatives of the 13 colonies signed the Declaration of Independence, separating those colonies from Great Britain and becoming the United States. And, and I read to you a portion. I want to read to you that whole paragraph, the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence before, as, we, as we get started this morning. It says, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's why people all over the world are migrating and trying to get to America in pursuit of happiness, in pursuit of freedom. But can I tell you something? As great as that freedom is to share, and as great as that freedom is to experience and, and to think about and to celebrate last night and, and to be able to preach about today, because I got my, my American flag tie on, it's going to help me preach even better. It's much... There's a freedom that I want to talk about today that's much more, it's deeper. It's, it's deeper, it's, it's richer, it's, it's more profound than any freedom we can experience as an American. You know, we just spent through the last week going through learning about the culture of Thailand through our, our vacation Bible school. And, you know, we taught, we taught the kids every single day, listen, the same Jesus, the same Bible that you read, they read over there across the other side of the ocean. And it's the same Lord that they can worship there. And they can have the same freedoms that you and I have. I didn't get a big enough hand there. Amen. It's the freedom that Jesus Christ gives us. God's plan for every person is to be free. Free from the bondage of sin and from death. Free from the curse of the law. That's why he sent Jesus. Free from all condemnation. Yeah. That's why the Father sent His Son. So that we can be free. So that we, we can be set free from the bondage of sin. That is the essence of the gospel. That is the good news. I just shared the good news for you. Amen. Thank you. You feel good? Yeah. Even so, have you noticed that some Christians, after they become believers, they lose their spark, they lose their fire, they lose their pop? Puns were intended there. <laughs> Why is it some people start with a big bang, with great joy and enthusiasm, but after a while they lose their joy? Why, why is that? I'll tell you why. Because they allow themselves to be robbed of the freedom that Jesus gives them. Look at it. You are free if you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. You can choose to walk in it, or you can choose to give your freedom away. Right. Now turn to those verses. Turn to our text today, John chapter 8. That was cool. I found a video that goes right with my sermon. That was awesome. Well, I'm going to read these verses anyway, because we need to read our word. Amen? Yeah. Then Jesus said to those, sorry, verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Listen now, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I like another translation that says it sets you free. 
They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if, read this part with me, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Very creative sermon title, Free Indeed. I wonder where I got that from. I'm very deep, people, very deep. Listen, here's your first, if you don't have a, a fan or a bulletin, we like to call them, there are notes that you can take on the back of those that our master designer is sitting right here in the room. And you can fill in the blanks there, and I'll give these to you. The first one is only Jesus gives true freedom. You can live in America all day long, but only Jesus gives you true freedom. Jesus says the person who sins is a slave to that sin. Think about the number of the people in our country. Think about the number of people in, in in our city that are still slaves. And even in this room this morning... That our slave are trapped by sin. I think about last night, 300, I think the news said 350,000 visitors. How many of them this morning are wondering how they're going to get home because they lost everything? (laughs) We're laughing, but that's a bondage. That's a real bondage here in this city. I visited this city once and left that way. Come on. Come on. People are trapped. They're trapped by drugs and alcohol. Some are some are trapped by TV, right? Some some are trapped by pornography. Some are trapped by the pursuit of money and possessions. You know, it's it's gambling. It's it's dishonest gain. It's it's being a workaholic. Some people are trapped by their jobs. They just they just can't work enough hours. They feel like that's where their identity comes from. Some are slaves to their looks. Some are slaves to... (laughs) Some things go here, don't need to come here. (laughs) I know, I should tell myself that, right? (laughs) I go home sometimes and say, Honey, did I say that? Uh, Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Some are are slaves to sports and physical training and, and popularity, if I can just be... The most popular person. Just everybody. Just because everybody will just be my friend. If I could just can't we all just get along or I can keep. Yeah. There's some deep, profound stuff in that. We should, as a Christian body, we should all just get along. Come on. Many people believe they're free while they're really slaves to their sin. The bottom line is this: anything that you put before God is an idol and therefore it is a sin. Anything. But what about when children pass on? Yes, that, is, that you can't you can't put anything before God. Matter of fact, you will be a better parent, you will be a better husband, you will be a better wife, you will be a better son or daughter if you put Jesus first in your life. You will be free to be the person that God created you to be. So number one was only Jesus gives true freedom. Number two, only true freedom can change your life. Only true freedom can change your life. You can't do it through money. You, you can't. And listen, there are a lot of refugees that escaped to America, and they're still bound. They're still living the same life. They, they haven't allowed Jesus to change their life. And there's a lot of refugees sitting in the church that were born in America, 
But you're still slave to sin. You're still, you're still bound by the things that, that you used to be bound to, even though you said yes to Jesus. But if you love Jesus, if you invited him into your heart to be your Savior, and you daily let him be your Lord, if you're obeying his word, then he will, then he will set you free in ways that will change your life forever. He does those things. Yes. Man, I love the freedom that I have in Jesus. It is what I look for in everything else. You know what I'm talking about. We all look for it somewhere. We all, before Christ, maybe you were born in the church, I don't know, but even, even though that were, before Christ, we, we, we valued things. We looked at things differently. Things were more important than they should have been. Our lives were not on the right track. The trajectory of my life was I was going to either be a bartender or, or an electrician. Maybe both. <laughs> Electric bartender. <laughs> so I get my hair to stand up every morning. <laughs> okay, buddy, go some chill in the creek. <laughs> right? Uh, I guess I guess I don't really do that. You do that once or twice and it just stays this way, you're good. That's not white, that's not white, that's not gray, that's ash. <laughs> Jesus changes our life forever. <laughs> Come on, contain yourself. I need more water. Please. I am so sorry. It's hot out here. Guess what? The new building is going to be cold. He wonderfully created you. 
You're fearfully and wonderfully made is how the scripture says it. Tell your neighbor that. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you like no one else, and he loves you like no one else ever can. Come on, somebody. He loves you unconditionally with all of your hang-ups, with all of your stuff. But you don't understand, Pastor Ron. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do understand. And he loves you anyway. And some of that stuff he created you with, amen? And number one, so he can use it for his glory. And number two, so you can grow up and be mature, amen? And get that on and get free. When you start getting free of some things, you can start helping others with those things that they're bound to. He frees us from feeling unneeded. Unwanted and unneeded. Two of the things that, that non-believers, I believe, struggle with the most. We have no place when we don't have Christ. I don't care what kind of family you have. You, you feel alienated sometimes. Because there's this innate desire inside every person to be filled with his creator. To, to, to Jesus, put, God put this thing inside of you that says there's, there's only room, the only thing that will satisfy that hole is the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ. The only thing that will fit, we try to fill it with family. And family's great, don't get me wrong. We try to fill it with loved ones. And loved ones are great, don't get me wrong. We try to fill it with friends. And friends are great, don't get me wrong. And we try to fill it with jobs. You get my point. And But we still feel that void. I don't care how great a life every non-believer I've ever talked to, who, if I've ever developed a relationship with them, that they'll let me inside and see what makes them tick and, and what makes them think. There's always this place inside of an unbeliever where they just feel a little bit empty. There's just something. I can't put a finger on it, but there's something missing. I don't know quite what it is. I got money. I got a great family. I got great kids. My wife is, is awesome. And, and all these, and I got a great job. And I have more money than I need. And, uh, but there's something inside me. I, there's just something feeling. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Only Jesus can feel that. Oh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. There you go again. You're on purpose. He created it beforehand that we should walk in. I almost feel like I, there's a step missing here. I'm not ready to step off there. I almost feel like I owe you guys an apology based on something I said a couple of weeks ago when I said the church doesn't need you. And I almost feel like I don't really need to apologize for that. I just need to clarify that a little bit more. Because it's still a true statement. The church doesn't need you. Yeah, we want you for sure. And we love you. I need you. <laughs> and what I said in that remark was, is, is if you don't fulfill your assigned responsibilities, God will always raise up somebody else to do it. But the bottom line is, God needs you. He created you. For a purpose. Amen. For a work. That was a big one. He created you with a mission in mind. You have purpose and he has the plan. Listen, listen write it down in your notes. If you don't know this verse, you'll hear it from me a lot. Jeremiah 29, 11. He, he has created a plan for your life. And it's a good plan. Not to harm you. To give you a hope and a future. Come on, somebody. God needs you to accomplish the great commission. He needs you to go. He needs you to go do loads of love. He needs you to go to the house of God and 
Use your gifts and your skills and your talent. Man, I'll tell you what VBS did. It, it caused some people who didn't really care much about kids to fall in love with kids. Can I get a witness? And I'm one of them. Don't get me wrong. I love kids. I just never wanted to do kids ministry, okay? I always, Lord, thank you for calling my wife. Yes. Because kids scare me. I never really was a kid. I grew up too quick. But I learned a lot last week. I love kids. And they are so incredible. Our kids are so incredible. Jesus frees us from guilt. Ooh. Ooh. See? I think I'm preaching to Teresa today. Psalm, Psalm 103, verse 12 says this. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Listen, there's another verse. I don't know if Pastor Steve got it in. I put it in there late last night. Isaiah 43, 25. Yes, look at that. That just tells me how late he waits to put my sermon together, right? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's together. Who cares? Yeah. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins no more. Yeah. But why do we feel guilty? Why, why be guilty when the guilt of the past has been taken away from you? There's too many people sitting in the pews today that, that love Jesus, that feel this condemnation. Can I tell you something? That guilt is from the enemy. If you feel the weight of guilt, that's the enemy attacking you. That is not from God. He has taken up. He has removed those from you. He remembers that we go to God. God, I'm so sorry for that thing I did 25 years ago. He's like, what are you talking about? I don't remember what you're talking about. I buried it in the sea of forgetfulness. I remember it no more. He's God. Do this. Pretend like your hand's in the mirror. Hold it up there. Say, I forgive you. I forgive you. You need to have permission to forgive yourself. Amen. That's where your guilt's wrapped up. You can't forgive yourself. God, if God, the creator of all this, if God, the lover, the God who sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, can't forgive you of your stuff, you need to be able to forgive yourself. And listen to this. I'll take it a step further. This is free. It's not in my house. You need to forgive your neighbor. Amen. Oh. That wasn't even planned. Frees us from worry. Frees us from worry. I could be such a worry wart. Can I just put this very plainly? Worry is a sin. That's right. Worry is a sin. If you have put your faith and hope in Jesus, your faith and your hope is in Jesus, what you're doing is you're taking that back from me. That's right. I trust you, but I don't trust you in everything. I have faith in you, and I hope in you, but not in everything. I own that Amen. one. Amen. I own that one. And we need to learn how to, to release that. We need to, and trust me, this, this one's ministering to me. This one's convicting me, okay? If I get worried about things in the church, and I get worried about uh, personnel issues, and I get worried about, you know, all those things that we struggle with, I get worried about... 
those things eat me up sometimes inside. And I needed to, to write this in to my sermon for me. Because I can't worry about that stuff. And that's all, that's all. I need to, I need to be concerned about my side of the street. I need to be concerned about how I interact with others. And if I make a mistake and I offend somebody, and I've probably offended people in this room. And I trust me, not from a purposeful heart. That was not an on purpose, okay? I have no, no, nothing in my heart that, that wants to offend anybody in this room. But I don't need to worry about those things. And we'll go back to the last one. You need to forgive me. Hallelujah. Look at, look at, look at Matthew chapter 6. <laughs> I'm building the sermon as we go. Matthew chapter 6. It says this in verse 27. It says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Say this out loud. Oh, you a little faith. Or say it like this. Oh, me a little faith. All right. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you need. So, so, so if he knows what we need, does anybody that say today that they're going to have to bake some bread? He loves us. He provides for us. He puts food on our table. Hey, I'm telling you, I'm not saying times don't get mean. I'm not saying that time's going to get hard. What are we worried about? He frees us from doubt. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your Stop doubting that you're good enough. Stop doubting that God loves you. Stop doubting that the people around you in this room, in this church, care about you. I hear that so much here. I've heard it in every church. It's not like it's isolated here. It's just something that we struggle with. But we feel like, like we're not welcome. We feel like somebody doesn't like you. And, and if you have a spirit like that that you don't like somebody, you're probably at the wrong church. That's heavy to say, huh? Again, we've got to learn to forgive. I might not like something that you've done. I might not like uh, the lifestyle that people live. There's no doubt in my heart that, that I love you and that no doubt in my heart that he, he sent his son for you and for me and there's no doubt in my heart that we're all in this together we're all just trying to walk and grow and learn together that's what church family is all about man, iron sharpening iron loving one another and holding each other up and yeah there's times where we have to, when you have a relationship with somebody you know there's, there's men and women in this room of course I would let my wife speak to the women but there's definitely men in this room that I would go to it can just be real plain. And they would take it from the heart that it's coming from. 
They, they know where I'm coming. They know that I love them. So we need to we need to we need to develop that family that that koinonia we keep talking about. Say it for me, Miss Arlene. Koinonia. Koinonia. We've got to do that. And there's just so there's so much doubt in the heart of people. And, and, and I'll tell you, it comes from a, a lack of self worth a lot of times. And I think a lot of times we know that. I know sometimes, here's what I know. When I follow my thoughts through, when I'm thinking that, okay, somebody's mad at me or somebody doesn't like me, it always comes back to me doubting my worth. That I'm not worth enough to be liked. And that's just so false. We're all created equal. That's right. So here, here's our third point today. Only disciples... Disciples now know that freedom. It's not people who attend church that know this freedom. Listen, there's as many uptight, stressed out, fearful people sitting in church today as there are walking the strip last night. Or sitting in front of their TV sets. Or doing whatever people do. It isn't church members that get that freedom. It's not Sunday school teachers. It's not pastors. It's not missionaries. It's, it's none of those things that, that experience that freedom. It's only disciples of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that are free. you got to be a disciple. And the definition, it's, it's there. It's just learner. The definition of disciple is a learner. We learn. And, and okay, oh, I've got a master's degree in engineering. Well, wow, that's great. That, you learned something. But that's not the kind of learning I'm talking about. Because Jesus doesn't leave, leave us wondering what a disciple looks like. If we go back to our text, the very first verse, verse 31, it says, he says, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples. And they see, disciples are learners of the word of God. Amen. See, you can go get an education, education, that's kind of what I got, and that's good. That doesn't make you a disciple. When we study God's word and we get to know him through his plan, the, 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 the layout of life, right? What, what is the Bible? Basic instructions before leaving earth, right? When we get to know him, when we get to know him through these measures, we are disciples. And only disciples know that true freedom. You can be a Christian. You can give your life to Jesus and not really experience fruit. You are free. Don't get me wrong. When you give your life to Jesus, you are free. It's separate. It's different to experience that freedom. To walk in that freedom. To own that freedom. Christ has set us free and we need to own that. We need to believe that. We need to, we need to adopt that into our hearts and our spirits. I am free. Come on, say that with me. I am free. Let's not just do some cheerleading. Let's believe this in our heart. I am free. I'm not bound to that thing. I don't know. I have struggles too, family. But you're not bound to that thing. You are free over that thing. You have the victory. Spend time with them, or you'll read about them. 
Listen, I don't even know if my mom knows this. No, it's not a town on myself. It's a, it's a true story. i got to be careful what I freeze now. Mom's here. I can't lie to you guys anymore. She's right there. Walt Disney died the same year I was born. I secretly have this, I secretly have this thing in my mind, and I didn't even know God, we were raised in it, but I thought, maybe I'm Walt Disney's replacement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm letting you in, I'm letting you in the inner Ronnie, okay, and only, and listen, only my mom can call me Ronnie, she doesn't do that anymore, so, so don't try it, that might make me smile. So what did I do? I got online. All right, well, probably not then because there wasn't really computers at that time. It wasn't 1966. I was a little older, obviously. I wouldn't think like that as a baby. And I started reading up on Walt Disney's life because I wanted to know what I needed to be like to replace this man. That's right. You know that. Secret fantasy. And I don't really care for Disneyland that much. I have cousins that are completely crazy about Disneyland. They think that it's, I don't know what they think. But it, so what, the point I'm trying to make is, is if you want to know somebody, don't you do some studying about them? Don't you try to get to know them? And now we got these great resources called the Bible. There's even other things called Google. There's version, Right? That thing will let you read it to you if you don't feel like reading it. There, there's sermons, there's Facebook where you can listen to the sermons that you don't get here. You can, you can get other people's blogs. There's some great teachers out there. Uh, Jettison Franklin, he's somebody that I would recommend if you want to listen to a great preacher. That's besides me, Jettison Franklin. And, and so, but, but disciples spend time with their teacher, and that means that we have to read the Word of God. That means we have to spend time in prayer. Guess what? Also, fellowship with one another. I see Jesus in so many of you. And if I spend time with any of you, I'll see Jesus in you. I'll see, I'll, I'll see God doing something in your life. And when you tell me your story and where you come from and, and how God saved your life, man, it's just amazing to me. The testimonies, the victories that are in this room, in this small service right now. We take hours for us to go through. Want to do that today? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you have that freedom that Jesus promises you? Yes. Do you know that joy that I'm speaking yes. about? The only way you get it is by spending time with Him. But many of you answered, Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a disciple. Spend time with him. Praise God. But there may be somebody here this morning that doesn't. There may be somebody here this morning that I was talking, referring to earlier that saying their life is okay. Maybe it's not. But there's that empty spot in your heart. There's that void that, that you've tried to fill with other things. Education and maybe even addictive things. Family. You name it. But you understand today that there's only there's only one person in his name is Jesus that can fill that void. And I'm not going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes because we're family here. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you know Jesus to pass it on, I just want to I want to make sure I want, I want to fill that void 
That's really the only thing that can kill it. Would you just say, right, Pastor Ron, I want to pray with you right now. Thank you. Thank you. So let's pray this together as a family. And I've got, I've got one more thing I want to share with you and we'll close. Say it like this. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Fill the void. The whole of my heart belongs to you. You earned it by dying on the cross. I accept your forgiveness. And I embrace freedom today. Help me to live for you. Be at my side every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, believe it. So if we're disciples, um, and everybody knows the Rodney King speech, I have a dream. But I, but I want you guys to know that I have a dream too. I have a dream that those who claim to be born again will declare themselves verbally and back it up with godly lifestyle. I have a dream that American churches will one day put away their commitment to change man by changing their environment and replace it with an infinite emphasis on the need for a heart transplant. Yes. I have a dream that the people of God will tear down the non-essential walls that separate them in order to show a united front to the world. Yes. United we stand, family. Yes. I have a dream that Christians everywhere will truly love each other, demonstrating that they are really children of God. Yes. I have a dream that one day in our great nations, our boys and girls will be allowed to pray in our I have a dream that one day America will stop killing unborn children at the rate of over one million. I have a dream that revival will spread across this land and reach every community, city, and state. My secret dream is it starts right here. I have a dream that the family unit will be restored to its proper place in society as the very foundation of our nation. I have a dream that child pornography will be replaced with child protection and care. I have a dream that the church will once again become the centerpiece of the community where people will look for it for comfort, inspiration, and leadership. I have a dream that the American churches will be packed every worship service and that a hunger for God will arise throughout our land. And I have a dream that one day America will Turn to the faith of their founding fathers. Yeah. In Psalms 33, verse 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is our Lord. Father, we thank you that we do live in a free nation. And I thank you, Lord, that even beyond that, as Christ is our Savior this morning, and every heart has pronounced that today, we are free indeed. Lord, we can walk out of this place in that freedom, and no matter what life circumstances throw at us, we are still free. No matter what the bank account says, we are still free. No matter what the IRS says, we are still free. No matter what the probation or parole officer says, we are still free in Christ Jesus. No matter what the world tries to tell us, no matter what kind of bondage is trying to come against us, 
no matter what Satan tries to whisper in our ears, we uh, are made free because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, and as we leave today, help us remember and celebrate that freedom. Help us to share it with somebody at the grocery store, at the restaurant, wherever our feet go. God, let us put a smile on our face and tell somebody today that Jesus loves you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. No donuts.